you've had a really interesting uh, journalistic career, uh, career as an author. As you said, you published several books on Africa, uh, which I think are you know your, your points on colonialism never ending are absolutely right. I, mean, I, I have a PhD from the African Studies program at University of Wisconsin Madison. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I think we all figured that out. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, how did you go for your father was a friend of er- Ernest Hemingway and you became a bit of a political celebrity and an author. Maybe you could just give us the short version of that here during the last five or six minutes of the show. Yeah, in 1968, I was a resident of Liverpool with the Beatles. It was a, the, the Beatles were my contemporaries and my sister was going out with uh, a friend of uh, Paul McCartney. So this was my background. And at the time, I saw a very small advertisement in the um, classifieds in the Liverpool Echo, back Britain for the British, uh, join the British movement. So I wrote, there were no emails, of course, at the time. I put a sticker stamp on it. And I got a letter back from Colin Jordan. And I became uh, quite a luminary in the British movement. And when Colin Jordan resigned, uh, for very good reason, I was left holding the baby. Whether it was a good thing, it's not for me to say, but I took over the British movement right until 1983. And I was the, uh, I think I was the most successful uh, patriotic nationalist party leader in Europe uh, of the period. Um, during that period, I did write a lot of books. So at the moment, there are over 70 books with my name on the front covers, which makes me Europe's most successful multi-topic author uh, of, of books. But I'm the most banned author. Amazon has banned me. Lulu has banned me. The conventional palace publishers don't want to know. This is because a handful of those 70 books takes a clear look at history. It does not uh, repeat the propaganda of the victors. It says what the Reich was like, what the communism was like, what Bolshevism was all about. And because of these sins, I was banned. I am now the most banned author in, in Europe. During that period, I was the last person, the last right winger, nationalist patriot to speak from Trafalgar Square. Uh, and uh, Brick Lane in the East End of London, where Oswald Mosley used to speak from. I published The Phoenix, the Euro Weekly News. I was writing for the conventional media, too. And the Euro Weekly News, which was the biggest English language newspaper of its type, awarded me Writer of the Year. As a matter of fact, I was the only one who was awarded Writer of the Year by the Euro Weekly News Group. I have written for conventional media, right-wing media, patriotic media, like the American Free Press, have been writing for them since the 1980s, and I'm doing quite well. So I'm a respected figure. I'm a, a godfather is probably the wrong name, but certainly I'm a veteran of the right-wing cause, and there is only myself and David Duke now, I think, who are still the survivors of a long, long period. So may we carry on for a little bit longer. Yeah, you, you may actually uh, see a certain kind of victory. Um, although, you know, I, as I think about these things, I, I wonder, you know, is this going to be one of these situations where you have to be careful what you wish for because you just might get it? <laughs> but in any case, uh, yeah, your, your career is really inspiring to me. I'm you know, also a heavily disillusioned uh, alternative journalist trying to tell the truth about a world gone mad. 
And uh, but what do you think about? We only have a few minutes, but but uh, what what has the internet brought to this issue? You, you know, you've operated in both the pre-internet era and the internet era, era putting out truthful, uh, myth-busting perspectives uh, that are really offensive to the powers that be. And you know, you've gotten censored in both eras. <laughs> uh, it, it, my sense is that we had this brief period, sort of after 9/11, maybe you know, 2000 to. 2012 or 20, maybe even 2015, where we actually had a certain amount of internet freedom to put out our perspectives and have a chance of getting an audience. And now they've found ways to ratchet down and kind of lock up the internet again. Uh, so we're, we're kind of, you know, swimming upstream again. In a couple of minutes, which is all we have left, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Ursula von der Leyen, the unelected president of the European Union, conceded that uh, Russia was winning the propaganda war because those of us on social media are supporting Russia in this conflict between NATO and Russia. The, there's no doubt about it, the internet has been a powerful tool, but it has changed things. And I do not know really, Kevin, whether it's good things for them or not, because what everybody does now, instead of getting out on the streets as they used to do, instead of going to rallies and motorcades and massing on, uh, you know, great occasions as they used to in the 20th century, now they're all clicking likes on VK and Facebook and Gab and all the rest of it. And whether this is going to achieve anything, I've no idea. If the internet had been uh, used in the Soviet bloc in the 1989-1990 during the collapse of the Soviet Union, I think we would still have had the collapse of the Soviet Union because the people who brought about the collapse of the Soviet Union got out in the streets of the Baltic states in Poland and East Germany and Romania and Bulgaria and they came out in their masses and they overthrew their despotic governments. But no now everybody just clicks likes on memes and that is not going to bring about a revolution, I'm sorry to say. So in that respect, the internet has done us more harm than good because I think that if we hadn't had the internet without social media, we would have been out there throwing rocks at our uh, parliaments today. <laughs>